Matt Ingram, a musician, producer, and co-owner of Urchin Studios in East London. In these podcasts, I talk with creative individuals that I know and admire about music, art, the creative process, and of course, whatever else comes up. My guest today is the musician, singer, and songwriter, Marika Hackman. Right, so, Marika, hello. Hello. We've started. Oh, we're on. Okay. And I feel, I feel I, do, I should actually just say that, again, uh, Urchin Studios podcast is on tour. We're in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, yeah, we're, I'm currently touring with Laura Marling. And Marika is joining us on this North American leg of the tour. And like a couple of Brits, we've started complaining about the weather. <laughs> Too hot. Too hot. Which yeah. is, I suppose that is quite British, isn't it? Yes. Can't handle the heat. So this is your... What's this for? First, second time on an American tour? No, first. Oh, you're still first? Yeah. All right. How are you finding it? Day two? Day two, yeah, it's good. I think I'm a little bit jet lagged and still a bit knackered from yesterday. Just It was just such a long, long day. Um, but that doesn't detract from the excitement of being here and mm. you know, the shows ahead and things. I thought you sounded great last night, considering you'd had like, you've been up for like, I think you went on stage and you were up for like 23 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes that can help actually being really tired um, you don't have enough energy to sort of overthink things or get nervous or get shaky or just sort of I think it can go either way (laughs) true (laughs) it can easily it's like it's like if you if you have um, I don't know if you've ever been really ill and done a gig like if you've ever had like the flu or or just been you know yeah I think a couple of times over the past three or four years there's been moments some of the best shows I've ever done have been like when I'm feeling really ill and some of the worst shows I've ever done really you know you know you kind of I don't know, you, you're sort of exposed to like th- these kind of extremes of emotions when you're really tired yeah. or you're really, um, <laughs> you're really ill and it, I don't know, it can kind of surprise you and, and somehow... I suppose because of, of what I'm doing where I'm sort of singing quite personal, emotional songs, that's quite good to draw from, that stress of feeling mm. quite ill, you can kind of channel it but I think if you're having to kind of keep a band together and play the drums that's probably quite terrifying. <laughs> no, I, I, think I, I think I got it way easier. Didn't, no, didn't, didn't no you. way. No, because I'm not like, you know, it's like, I'm not at the front. Yeah, but that's that. I think that would be so much more terrifying. And the few times I have been playing other instruments for people who are the sort of lead act, it, I found it so much more nerve wracking because really? the thought that it is someone's name on the bill and if you mess up you're messing it up for them whereas for me I go on and I'm like I don't care it's it's me yeah. you know and if I you feel a responsibility do you if you're, if you're playing with someone yeah else. whereas I don't if I'm I, I, I <laughs> think just generally speaking I think you sort of just get used to a role like I'm, yeah. I'm used to like being you know the drummer and yeah. being you know fairly anonymous which I'm very happy with uh, and then yeah if I ever had to like I don't know uh, you know get up front or, or and I've, I've done two gigs on bass yeah uh, and it, that was terrifying. Really? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is what you're used to, isn't it? And that comfortable section of your brain. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I don't, have you listened to, I'm going to put you on the spot, have you listened to the Urchin Studios podcast before? I listened to Laura's one. Oh, okay. Um, but I haven't listened to any of the other ones. I'm they're, sorry. They're, they're, they're great. I didn't, I haven't subscribed. I just downloaded <laughs> that one, but I need to subscribe. All right, all right. Um, but basically, I, I, I always. Yeah, I always start with, with the compliment to the guests and, okay. and, and genuine Enrique your, your album is amazing 
bank. And I've, I've gushed at you a few times about, 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 about how much I know. But um, I, I just wanted to discuss, I know we, we started talking about it yesterday, but discuss mm. the kind of process of making it. Yeah. It, it, it was just you and Charlie, right? Yeah. And you, and you were the only musicians Well, we involved. had, yeah, so, I mean, on the whole, it's me and Charlie and Charlie's assistant, Brett, who just, you know, is helping out like a genius in the studio. And then um, in terms of other musicians, we had uh, Kirsty and Rachel doing strings. Um, Kirsty's Charlie's wife. Right. Um, and they're friends of mine. And um, Michael Trevor came in and played trombone. Okay. And that was the only extra help that we had in that department um so yeah i mean for sort of the six weeks that we were recording um we only had two or three days of other people involved it was just me and him so what so what so other than guitar obviously what what else did you play um well any other sort of random stringed instruments that we can find he's got a lot of random things in the studio Uh, we went out and bought a sarangi and a dilruba what's a sarangi (laughs) sarangi is um Oh, it's a really amazing instrument. Apparently, if, if it's played properly, it's the closest thing you can get to a human voice sounding on a stringed instrument. Okay. Did, you, did, you, did, you, did you achieve that? No, no, no. <laughs> well, no. It, kind of, it sounds like a whale when I play it, so no. that's all right, I don't mind. But um, there's, it's like three gut strings, and then there's loads, I haven't counted how many um, sympathetic strings underneath. Uh, and... Yeah, it's it's kind of a big, clunky, beautiful-looking Indian instrument, and does, he, does it have a drone? Like, if it's got the sympathetic strings, yeah, does it, have a, this, it kind of has that strange, echoey sound, and it's got like a skin bass underneath, okay. so you get that. Um, it's quite airy sounding, okay, you know, that okay. like breathy noise, and then you doesn't have frets, so you, what you do is you hold your nail in the cuticle against the string, and as you bow it, you slide it up and down. Okay. So it's it makes this really eerie kind of wailing sound, okay. which is something that I really really like because it sounds spooky and strange. And if it has sympathetic strings, can you only play in like certain keys? Um, I have no idea about oh. stuff like that. I just sort of <laughs> right. go with it, and if I feel like the strings about to break, I'll stop and return. I never know what's kind of going on with that. Right. Um, but yeah, and then this little ruba as well is sort of like a bowed sitar. So we were playing around with those on one of the tracks. Um, but yeah, it's kind of anything we get our hands on. I mean, there's, I had, I actually started learning the piano first when I was a kid. So any of the sort of synths and things that we use, um, or the Hammond organ that we use a lot, I'll play the parts on that. But like, I'm not good at any of these instruments. This is the thing. But I think that's why my music sounds the way it does. It's mm. because I don't know what I'm playing, and a lot of the time I'm making mistakes. But then I like sort of discordant odd things mm-hmm. and so luckily making mistakes usually ends up that way which is good I mean, you say you're not good obviously like you're not going to sort of shred on the sitar or something <laughs> but like you know I guess being good is being able to create the sound that like that you want to make yeah and that, are, and that are interesting to you yeah you know um, that's very interesting because I, 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 I think I think the record is I, I, as I said I really like it and I think it's really it's wonderfully realised in the sense I, I think it's got a real it's got a real kind of classic quality about it, mm. but it also sounds like just its own thing. Yeah, you know the the kind of universe that you two created is very. You know, I don't know what else is like that, which is, which I, I guess is the biggest compliment I can give to anyone. Yeah, it, it just sort of exists, kind of in its own in its own world. I mean, how kind of developed were the songs when when you went in? Oh, they're always just hundred percent written. Okay, okay. Um, I do everything at home. I mean, occasionally I might be like, oh, I've just. You know, give me a couple more days. I need to just finish the lyrics in the last verse or something. But mm. um, generally, 
they're all done. I'll send Charlie a couple of demos. Sometimes even like a very acoustic strip back demo and something I've built up as well of just one song um, to him before we go in. And then we just take it from there. So yeah, all of that is sort of constructed at home and then what Charlie does is it kind of um, just makes them proper, you know, he like makes them sort of shine and makes it like, he realises the, the potential of the song that I hadn't really thought about, right. which is... So it's, it's the kind of, the, the sonic element yeah. of, of it that's kind of open to negotiation. Yeah, That you're exactly. like, okay. And, 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 and are you, when you go into the studio, are you like dead set on form? You're like, okay, this is how the song goes. Or is that open to negotiation it's as well? It's open to you know? negotiation, definitely. There's a couple, uh, Monday afternoon, which we sort of chopped around a little bit and mm. kind of... Um, but yeah, generally, <laughs> we spend a lot of our time trying to work out what, how to describe different sections of songs. Um, <laughs> because there's never really a very simple verse-chorus thing with my music. Yeah. It's kind of, there's usually just sections and we call them sort of A, B and C and get, Charlie gets very confused and he'll be like, can we just do the C section again? C section, <laughs> just do the B section again or whatever and I'm like, oh, uh, I don't know which bit you're talking about and then you have to hum it down the mic into my ears and it gets a little bit... The bit that goes... <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds like most of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's kind of open for negotiation but generally... I mean, we just seem to stick with what we've got and work from there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's great. I, I think you've also got a really, it's my last compliment, right? Oh. I, I, then I'm going to start, then I turn <laughs> nasty. Just to rip after me apart. Yeah, there we go. No, uh, you, you, I, I think you've, and I was talking to Nick Peeney because we were watching you last night as well, and you've got a really nice sense of harmony. You know, I don't even, you know, in a very surprising sense of harmony. There's always a, you never go to the obvious chord. Yeah. There's always, ooh! It's always like a nice surprise, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and and particularly when I first listened to the record, like I was quite, I, I thought it was very inventive, and 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 and, and you were saying as well. So you you've never studied any music or or, or any yeah, harmony I like mean, that. I did do A level music, so oh, I did? have a, a, like a grasp of all that. I'm you know okay. learning to sort of harmonise bar chorales and things. But I, I, just, I did that. Yes, such a has it, has it ever been useful in your in your life? Well, no, cause I, because basically what I really have struggled with throughout any of my kind of musical learning is reading music. Um, I always did everything by ear, so all that side of things like I kind of could do it, but it's just so logic based, um, and I don't have a particularly mathematical brain, so I found mm. that quite hard. I, I tend to do stuff more on side of hearing and sort of feeling um, but it's it has come in useful studying certain musicians and like Purcell um, his sort of use of harmony and his choral pieces and things like that like have definitely inspired me in that sense and um, I, I, I now you said that I can hear that yeah like I can hear the, the, the that kind of harmonic influence his, that sort his of shifting by, by osmosis yeah yeah you know those key, he goes major and yeah, minor yeah, 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 like yeah, you're never safe on in any key yeah. <laughs> which I always found really kind of exciting yeah um, and also it's nice to have the language to be able to describe what you're doing um, although that's slowly going from my brain as you know five years out of school it's like all starting to leave I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think it matters that. yeah as long as you don't feel like it's like encumbered by as long as you you can express what you want to express as a song yeah like, yeah, that's. I, I, I found when I, when I was doing edible music, that like that there were like music was kind of split into two things. There was like the music that I listened to, yeah, and I loved and I played, which is kind of drums and you know all the bands that I liked. And yeah. then there was this kind of academic thing that I, I thought of the thing as a completely separate thing. Yeah, and actually, it's like later on, basically when I start producing, 
I kind of realised that they're just they're just different ways of talking about music. Yeah. And actually, that kind of analytical thing has actually helped me to figure things out. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you're in the studio and I need to work out a harmony. Yeah. And 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 the the harmonic structure of the song is really crazy. Yeah. I can just sit at the piano and go, oh, so this is kind of what's going on. Yeah. So it's actually it actually that has is been useful. it has been quite useful. But but I guess what you're talking about is on a creative level. It, it's mm. just. Yeah, I, I think it's not, like it's I think in a way learning about it has inspired me in a sense that you know I will go to the not obvious chord. Yeah. Because um, obviously, if you're purely going on sort of like your ears and your gut feeling, generally you'll, you'll want to go to something that sounds a bit nicer most of the time. And I will actively, when I'm writing a song, just put in a weird chord and be like, right, put a melody over that. <laughs> it's, it's like challenges myself. Right, really? Okay. So, okay. Yeah. And if you can make it accessible and weird, that's kind of like my goal. I don't want to write predictable songs and I think that learning the background behind music and how it is structured has kind of enabled me to do that in a certain way absolutely and you know you don't want to write obvious songs but also you, you like like you're saying you want to do stuff that's pleasing you don't just want to be a smart ass no like why well, am I clever yeah 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 no, check I what I've done you know because that's, that's even that's even worse yeah. so it's, it's, it's a, I guess it's a fine line to cross isn't it yeah. making things interesting but also not alienating people yeah and, and, it's, you know. it's a funny I find it exciting trying to get that balance and, and how long you can draw something out before you because you have to have those moments of relief for the listener basically <clears throat> and I think they're ten times better if you've made quite a strange journey to get there rather than yeah, they yeah. just know it's coming um, I think Joanna Newsom's a perfect example of that like she does mm, she yeah, goes on these strange yeah. journeys and then suddenly there'll be something that almost sounds vaguely recognisable but you haven't heard it before and it's like these little islands where you can yeah, land yeah. in your brain and it's, you feel safe for a second then she takes you off again and like so that's again been like a really she's been a big inspiration in that sense it's kind of just like teasing people with it and then finally giving them that moment to have their little like bit where they go yeah, like, yeah. You know. onto the island and yeah. then back into the shark infested water yeah shark infested yeah. <laughs> so who else who else did you grow up listening to you you, you mentioned Joanna Newsom yeah Purcell Purcell pretty yeah pretty disparate influences there yeah I mean so there was kind of three places where I got my influences there's like mum and dad who were very much they're big Steely Dan fans so oh, right, a lot okay. of Steely Dan when I was growing up that's cool very cool yeah, and welcome, amazing welcome songwriting yeah I know it's just like it's just stuff like, and like Stevie Wonder and obviously Joni Mitchell Sam McGuff all those sort of things but they're yeah. Crosby Stills Nash and Young like they are very intelligent writers who get, who get that accessibility going which is obviously something that's is important to me um, and then I have my brother who brought in other influences and he's two years older than me so yeah, of course great. the little sister right? like anything brother. he did it did, was he, like, did he hand down some good shit here yeah really good shit we had um, he kind of got me into the Shins who have been another oh, big influence yeah. and Laura Veers who's been a very big influence as well um, and obviously there was always like Nirvana and Foo Fighters Red Hot Chili Peppers all that stuff was flying around like when yeah. I was really small like 10 years old and kind of got quite big into them um, and then there was the school side of things so the, the kind of academic side where I was learning about Purcell and like Vaughan Williams and so those sorts of composers that make my heart just go crushed in my chest um, <laughs> and um, yeah and sort of people around me getting into sort of trendier things like um, like war paint and Electrolane and those kind of band vibes so there's kind of all these different things flying around but I think they pull them all together you know there's the songwriting and there's the kind of heart crushing and then there's the kind of sonically quite kind of cool and current kind of grungier sound that I want to try and pull in yeah 
So yeah, you mentioned as well. Oh, that's the last question I wanted to ask you. Um, I've actually, I've actually never seen you with with your band. Oh right. Uh, really? So you play with a? Is it you got a bass player and a drummer? Yeah. Um, so I've got George on drums. Who does? He's like an octopus. So he's doing like there's like a lot of random. <laughs> there's a lot stuff of cover. Yeah. Yeah. If I was like, anyway, yeah, I I would think there's a there's a lot it's, to do. Yeah, for, yeah. For him. He, he gets very <laughs> excited about it. His his. His drum kit basically surrounds him, so he's playing <laughs> stuff behind him, and he's got, I think, about six foot pedals with kibasas and wood blocks and things on them, much to my sound engineer's disgust. And um, <clears throat> then I have Paul, who does bass and guitar, and he sets off sort of live samples or synth sounds and things as well. Okay. So he covers all of those bases, and then in the middle, it's just me with a variety of guitars and pedals to try mm. and get all the different. Because there's a lot of, particularly going back through the EPs, they all sound very different, and the songs on the record have very different kind of genres. There's very grungy songs, there's mm. sort of quite like cowboy-esque songs, there's very folky songs, and it's kind of trying to cover all those bases with just three of us is quite a challenge. Was it was it hard to realise the record, having, having done it, yeah. to realise it live? Well, you're like, oh shit. Well, I think it was easier, <laughs> no, I yeah. thought that definitely going into it. I think it was easier than I thought it would be, and I think part of that as well as the fact that I've never been one of those artists that's like, you know, the live show must sound exactly yeah. the same as the record, which a lot of people are like, and I just think, you know, people are coming to see live music, so let's give them a different a- take Absolutely, on it. and audiences are not hung up on the details the way that you are. Yeah. You know, they haven't, they haven't gone through the processes that, that we go through to make records. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's amazing, um, like, for example, having, having seen you last night, yeah. with just yourself with an acoustic guitar, I got the same feeling that I got from listening to your record. You know, it's still you. Yeah. You, you know, you who are, you know, the, you as a musician entity, you, you, you kind of come through. Uh, well, you know, I kind of, it's, I have this rule about songwriting that the song has to be able to be played. I think it's because how I write it, but it has to be able to be played like just on a guitar right. and sung, and be able to sort of hold an audience before you do anything else to it. Um, because you know you get so many bands and artists and I don't I think it's, it's just a different type of music but it's all based on kind of production and um, sounds and things like that rather than the actual song itself which of course makes it very hard when it's you're taking it on to like a live circuit it's just you've got to recreate it like that because there's no other way but yeah. if, if, this, if the foundation is there before you even do anything else to it then you can always have that option to strip it back and so bringing a live band in is just you know whatever degree you want to go on absolutely on scale. yes because exactly if because you, if you're starting places the fact well i've played and sung this it's yeah. a very kind of robust uh it can take a lot of different yeah that core will always be there no matter what you, you no matter what you do yeah to exactly it, you know yeah so um yeah i really want when are you play in london again you can, you can play november you can play. Sixth Sixth november. November, everyone. <laughs> union chapel yeah. Um, I might have some strings for that as well, hopefully. Oh, I want right. it to be like a sort of a big, because it's kind of a big one-off show, so right. try okay. and make it really special. Okay, fantastic. And, um, and we were talking about this, can, can we, I don't know if we can talk about this, you're, you're going back into the studio? Oh yeah, soon? we can talk about that. Well, yeah, well, I, yeah, I want to, like, it's, nothing's been booked, but right. I, um, I want to get back in the studio as soon as possible. Right. I just need to write the rest of the record. Um, but I'm halfway there. Really? So you, yeah. yeah, I was going to say how far along. So you've written about six songs so far. Right. So I'm just sort of like planning through. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's my favourite part of doing this and being a musician is being in the studio. Really? Yeah. Okay. So okay. and it's been it has now been a year 
since I was last in making the record and that's the longest it's ever been since I started that I haven't been in the studio. Really? So it's kind of, I'm just getting really like tense, I just want to get back in and make more music. Do you have a kind of, uh, you know, a taste for what you want to do? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, could you describe? I mean, is it possible? Could you, could yeah, you describe that? I mean, I think I don't. I don't want it to sound like the last one. Right. That I feel like it, if it ended up sounding the same, I'd feel like a bit of a failure by just creating another one of the same sort of style. But I well, think we, yeah, we, we've got a formula. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a. <laughs> but I think judging by the sort of six demos so far. Um, it's heavier, it's more grungy. Um, okay. There's a track on the last album called Open Wide and it's kind of going more down that route. It's the one with the kind of guitar riff in it, like do 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 do. Okay. Um, and I kind of, yeah, I just want to have a little bit more fun in a way. The last record was very kind of intense and emotional and dark. Okay. And I, I want this one to now be kind of a bit of a break from that, a bit a bit lighter, a bit a bit heavier. Okay, I see. Um, sort of sonically, not emotionally. Because you, you're... you're the, the the record as well, you know, that you've just done it, it feels very considered. Mm. You considered all the parts. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Um, I guess I, I guess when it's just when it's just the two of you, you're you're, yeah. you're, you're not. Uh, I mean, where did you start? Did you start with guitar and vocal takes? Yeah. And then build around that. Yeah. So we just do okay. like a tracking vocal and guitar, and then. And would you keep that, or would you end up? Then then do you build the world and then redo? Depends. Okay. So some we did and some we didn't. In fact, one of them, the last track on it, um, called "Let Me In," mm. um, we tried. I recorded that demo in my flat with just a 58 mic, um, and you can hear all this like sort of background noise. And it's very lo-fi. We tried to recreate that in the studio just just for the tracking vocal alone right, right. and um, guitar, and we couldn't do it. So we just used that and built it up that? around the demo. Was it a one micer? Um, I think I did. I did the guitar part and then the vocal, but oh, okay, just okay. at home, like on GarageBand. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of just completely depends on whether I there's something about it that's kind of special. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so I, and and uh, would you incorporate maybe the band this time? Yeah, I've been thinking about that because I, I do think there's going to be more sort of live drums. Um, it's a, it's a tricky one just because it's hard when for so long, for like the last two years, it's just been me and Charlie um, and constructing all the drum beats and things like that yeah. is what we do together. Um, and then George is so good at sort of interpreting those and making them live. Um, so it's whether we kind of do a lot of pre-production and sort of start those and then bring George in later, or I start to bring other people in with their own ideas, which yeah, seems yeah. kind of sort of terrifying for me, but it's obviously <laughs> like an amazing thing to get other people yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah, so, but it's, um, I think I'm a really big control freak and I find that quite I, hard. You don't, you, I, well, I, I, I've never worked with you actually, so I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do you turn into like a... I don't, I don't, I don't sort of think I show it much, but as an insight, internally, I'm sort of like, Ooh, no. And eventually it ends up just sort of being like, no, let's just take it back to square one and I'll do it again. I mean, that, that's completely understandable. I mean, it's completely understandable because, I mean, if you're, I, mean, I would be the same if, if you spend so long crafting these songs. Yeah. And then you, you spend, and, you, and, and we, we also talked yesterday about how you, you, you really practice your guitar parts and yeah. get them all down. And then, of course, that you have a certain, like, an emotional uh, attachment to yeah. that in going, going in a studio. And, of course, yeah, you'd want it a certain... You don't just want loads of musos dicking on it. Yeah, that's the thing, because like, 
I mean, not that any of my band members are sort of like that, but you, when you get people in who are really, 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 really good at their instruments, which they are, um, there's a tendency to make stuff almost like too good. Absolutely. And I, like I said earlier, it's like the big part of my music making process or making recordings is just accidents, like serendipity and kind of ending up like the stuff that you would never expect. Because the songs are already like that, but that's been a conscious decision. So then what's really nice is that the production is actually like that. We don't know what to expect. I'll start doing a part and I hit a bum note and it's like, oh, let's keep that and put it in later. No one's actually thought about anything. Mm. Um, but but I, I think it's important that, I mean, as someone that, that myself who, who, who plays with other people, yeah. I think the, the, the definition of, you know, for want of a better phrase, a session musician being good is them engaging in the process yeah and sometimes that process is chaos yeah so therefore seriously so if you find yourselves in a if i find myself in a situation as a collaborator where what's required is just for me to just fuck it and just you know you know because sometimes that is and then other times it's going in and being really precise and neat yeah, yeah and maybe yeah. play you know maybe there's whatever it's whatever sort of the situation requires yeah and so i think you know that's the, the, the the, the definition of being a good collaborator, yeah. a good instrumentalist, is to, is to be able to like engage yeah. in whatever's whatever's happening in in the music and in the process. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll see, I think I think I probably will bring the guys in for a bit, just to have some fun. You know, just mess around and see what happens. And yeah. you know, that's again that I mean that's just taking it to a different level in the same way, isn't it? So absolutely, absolutely. It's still just fucking around for a bit and then seeing how it goes absolutely yeah it's amazing how you know uh, yeah bringing someone new into the mix can just change and and that seems like that's you know that seems to be what you want to do you don't want to yeah. get stuck in a in a you don't want to have a formula you're going to get stuck in a rut well, yeah. this is how we, this is how we construct the drums yeah. and this is how we do this it's, you know you've you got to keep things kind of fresh, fresh. Yeah. but i got to say as well um, I thought your drum construction the way you constructed the drums on your album it's, it's really interesting it's, I'm saying that as a drummer because yeah. you, you've done it in a way that's like because um, you're not drummers yeah. in a way that's really interesting Do you know because if a load of drummers would just come up with something really just more normal yeah you know, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then no. the way you can sweat this is like fuck I never thought of that also it's, it's funny know. there's little things like um well, a lot of the time we layer, like, say, for Animal Fear, yeah. the drums on that. Like, so me and Charlie will be in the room together, um, just playing. I would think I was playing a music stand. <laughs> and I don't know what he was hitting, probably the walls or something. And, you know, just, like, smacking stuff and, like, just looking at each other and kind of laughing. Like, there's a lot of times on the, the tracks and things you can hear us laughing in the background. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just, you know, layering it up like that. And it's it kind of ends up with quite strange results, which is obviously I like that. Um, yeah. But I also really don't like cymbals or hi-hats I think I have to get over this <laughs> um, yes. like I've just never had them on any of my songs ever right. and um, so, so does, does your drummer stuff. have a does he, does he is he allowed he's allowed yeah. he's allowed a cymbal yeah, yeah, yeah he is um, you know live is, is so different isn't it it sounds they sound so different it's kind of yeah they give a good I got to say though that you're, you're kind of like I don't know if you've you know you probably haven't thought about this but you're kind of on trend at the moment in the sense of like, I feel cymbals and hi-hats are not fashionable. Yeah, you don't see them around much. Or hear particularly them around in the much. studio, they're like, they, they just don't seem to be, in the same way that like, 
I don't know, like strummed acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a la kind of Noel Gallagher. It's yeah. just like not, just, that doesn't seem to be the cool thing at the moment. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I've done a, I've done a subconscious sort of. I've done a couple of symbolless things recently. And when we, when we did Laura's album, I only used uh, broken symbols. Oh, okay. Just because I just wanted something that was going to, it's not going to be sort of really sort of standard. Yeah. You know. There's some, there is something very standard sounding about just like a nice little hi-hat that just sounds Absolutely. all kind of they'll come, tight. They'll, they'll, they'll come a kind of fashion again. Yeah, they probably will. Maybe that. Maybe I should like predict that and go for that on the next record. Just put hi-hats all over it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. it back. Only use hi-hats. Yeah, <laughs> completely. <laughs> oh God, my nightmare. Um, but yeah, no. Playing the drums and stuff on, on records and things is... Is the bit I think I almost look forward to the most because I I did used to play the drums and I did haven't you? for so long. Yeah, it was. I think what was it? I just had a piano first, and then I think drums was my next. Actually, no, the bass. And then I started learning the bass and the drums. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I was about fourteen that I actually picked up the guitar. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, did I, did the, when when you discovered the guitar? Yeah. Where you were like, oh yeah. Did it feel like? Because I only when I first started playing the drums, I played loads of instruments before yeah. that. When I play the drums, it just, I thought, I'm home. See, I felt like that with the drums. Oh, really? I sat down at the drum kit and I was just like, this is so much fun. <laughs> and it's like, it just feels so good. I sat down with the guitar, I was like, God, I'm shit. But, but I can start writing songs. Right, okay. So I was basically just using guitar and, and my, my voice, which I, I've never, you know, sung at school or anything. I never had lessons and things like that. So mm. they would just purely vehicles to kind of write songs on basically whereas the drums I was actually like I want to I want to be a drummer I want to be really really good at this whereas the guitar was just like yeah as long as I can play a few chords and compose and it's fine did you play did you you must have practiced guitar a lot uh, yeah it was my ultimate procrastination device okay and I was I'm one of those people that used to leave like all of my work to the last minute much to my teachers and my mum sort of well I mean who, who, who doesn't I know, I, you know I, I, those, yeah, there are people <laughs> get it all done in the first week or whatever they've got months free yeah. um, I used to just let it all stack up and a big part of that was that I'd go home also I was a day student at a boarding school where everyone else boarded right. so I would go home in the evenings and like no one lived near me we were kind of in the middle of nowhere so I would just go upstairs and play the guitar a few hours you, a night. You, you, you grew up in Devon? No, Hampshire. My parents live in Devon now. We oh. have for like five years. So okay. okay. And were you, you in a pretty rural area? Yeah. I mean, we lived in a little kind of village. Right. Um, but yeah, we, you know, woods all around and sort of, yeah, it wasn't So there's nothing fun. to do but, no. play, but play guitar? Yeah, basically. I, I, yeah, I grew up in a, in a, well, I grew up in London, but then when I was 14, I went to Salisbury. Uh, which is, you know, Wiltshire, small yeah, so kind nice. of. It is. It's nice now, but when you're 14, it used to like, what the fuck yeah. is this? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And um, I'm pretty. And I think music for me was uh, it, again. It's just something to do because there's nothing yeah. to do. And um, you either like really get into smoking weed, yeah, or you know, or music, or both. Yeah. <laughs> Join them together. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, devil makes work for idle thumbs or whatever, but I think it can be very productive in other ways. And um, I definitely, because I was at home with mum and dad, 
there were no really other options of doing anything particularly naughty so I would just sit in my room writing and then the school I was at was very sort of creatively driven and there was many opportunities to perform um, and did you, did you perform your own yeah, songs I mean, assembly yeah, or whatever I did, I did first, for the first time when I was about 14 and I had never sung in front of anyone before or played anything I'd ever written how did that go? Um, it was terrifying yeah. I stood up and I thought my knees were going to give way <laughs> Also, to do that in front of your peer group, yeah. I mean, that's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh my God. And all the older students as well, you know, so I was yeah. only 14, but they were sort of 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds at the top of the school, and I was like, oh my God. Um, but the feeling I got afterwards was so thrilling. It went well then? Yeah. Because that could have, like, that, could, that, that one moment, right? Imagine that that didn't go well, or you... You, you know, you puked, or, or you know, you you kind of shamed yourself right at the school time. Yeah, you might have never picked up the guitar again. That is true. You know I mean? it, it was so terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think obviously, if I probably you transported me back now and I watched myself, I'd be like, oh God, what are you doing? But it was enough that I came away from it feeling like that was something I really wanted to got do again. Buzz. Yeah, I got that buzz. And so then, any opportunity really at school after that, I would perform um, my own stuff, or you know drums or bass for other people um, which was really useful because like you say like playing in front of your peers is absolutely terrifying and so pe then playing in front of the whole school which is like you know 400 people 500 people um, that's quite a big crowd and they all yeah. know you and they will all yeah. see you the next day um, so when it kind of came to starting playing gigs outside of school it was like well it's yeah, a big deal. It's a great training ground yeah. for that because you know we're, we're playing in we're playing in Toronto tonight yeah. I don't know anyone here Yeah. and there's a real Oh, we have a guest. Hi, Laura. Oh. Hey. You're, you're, hey. you're guesting on the podcast. <laughs> sorry. Again. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Swearing. Do you want to say anything to the people, Laura? No. No. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're, we're playing. We're playing here in Toronto tonight. Yeah, and I like. I know. I know no one. Yeah. And that's whereas like London shows. Scary. Have, my parents yeah, are there. Parents, it's parents. It's like, oh shit. Killer. Yeah, and my parents keep being like. Oh, don't worry. Like we won't come if it makes you that stressed out. I'm like, Obviously, I want you there, but <laughs> it yeah. does freak me out yeah, a lot. And I, I and even now, I find playing playing in front of other musicians that's the hard, that's yeah. the toughest. Yeah. Partic particularly guys like you, know, you really rate. Yeah. Yeah, well, last night was pretty stressful. <laughs> I know, sorry. I was because I was right at the side of the stage staring at you. <laughs> yeah. Mouthing. Shit. Which I'll, I'll be trending. doing the same on all of this whole tour. Brilliant. That's going to be a, that's gonna be, that's gonna be a theme. <laughs> kind, of, kind of kind of going through. Um, so, but you, you're saying you, you've managed to, to to carry on writing throughout this the touring of this this record, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I have had about a month at home recently, so I've that's been I've kind of jumped on that opportunity. But I find that when I am touring, I can come up with sort of guitar parts or little ideas that I'll then revisit when I get home and it's much are you, quicker. Are you, are you quite disciplined? Do you, do you feel as a writer? It's like, okay, I'm going to Yeah, gonna when, go I, do when I want to be. It's, right. it's, it's hard because there's a lot of sort of distractions, particularly in London, and it's very easy to kind of just lie around watching bad TV and, you know, yeah. but I do try. I mean, I was very disciplined with the last record. Really? Um, I was waking up at seven every day and finishing work at seven in the evening and having a sort of lunch break and that was it and I'll just sit and write for a month. Do you, do you write quickly? Do you, um, does, it, does, it, does it tend, or do you kind of, 
craft them over time, or does it completely It's depend? just very different for each song. So you get the ones I call them like strikers, where they just kind of hit you, and <laughs> you, you'll get it written all in a day, written and demoed, and that's that. Um, or a matter of hours even. And then you have the ones that you struggle with and you never even finish, but sometimes you use parts of them in other songs. And then the ones that are much more um, sort of crafted and constructed um, and more kind of headspace rather than heart space, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that there's a, there's a, they have a different, the strikers, do yeah. they have a different quality? Yeah. Do you feel to, to the, the, the Strikers or the grafters, that's called the slow burner. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I certainly can hear that. I don't know if other people could. I can't. Like, you know, I've listened to your record yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't say which ones. Yeah. Oh, that's obviously. Yeah, I think it's probably just for me then because I think the, the strikers are just. Um, I mean, I can hear my work in the grafters, I can really hear the, the conscious decisions that I've made, you know? Right, right, right. Um, and I can think about them whilst I'm playing, like, oh yeah, that's why I did that and stuff. Whereas when I'm playing a striker, I just don't, it's the same as when I write it, I don't even think about it, it's just sort of coming out. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, um, th this is a bit of a first actually, this is the first non-booze-fueled podcast that I've done. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, normally, normally I get like my guests slightly pissed. Oh. Um, but it's what time is it here? Same. It's like it's twenty to four mm. in in the afternoon. Yeah, I've got to do a sound check pretty soon. Yeah, and um, I've stopped drink. I've stopped drinking before gigs actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I, you, we used to. Particularly when I first started playing with Laura, I found myself going. I'd be I'd be like going on stage with like on with be on stage with like drink three right uh, and then you, you can sometimes end the, the gig on like drink five yeah I remember doing this show in Australia and again we were, you know Australia's hard because it's so it's so far away and yeah. you're really jet lagged and stuff and I, I sat down I was halfway through the gig and like I was like I'm, I'm, I'm wasted <laughs> I'm, really, I'm, I'm really tired and pissed and I don't know oh, what's going on. Oh, <laughs> you know, God. and it's like a real panic feeling as yeah. well. It's just like shit. How, you know, I, I've got to kind of get. Yeah, you know, I wasn't, you know, dribbling or falling yeah, off the drum but... store or anything. But this isn't this isn't cool. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. uh, so I then I then I then I started. Well, how about what's your? Do you have a pre-gig routine or, or amount? It's you quite can drink? varied. Yeah, I used to drink just a couple of beers or a beer before I went on stage, like small bottles or whatever. Um, and then I stopped drinking beer. Um, and kind of limited myself to a glass of wine I felt was a good that's good good pre and then take one on um, and then I've done tours where I haven't even drunk the last European tour um, UK tour I didn't drink anything was that a, was that a conscious decision you like right yeah I mean because I, I drink I drink quite a lot do you just when I'm at home right it's because it, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing about England and sort of English culture or British culture is that if you're meeting up with friends, you're kind of expected to drink. Or if you're going out for a meal or anything like that, so much of socialising is, is involved with drinking. It's a Northern European thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. kind of, yeah, every day basically. It's how we roll. Kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I saw the last run of touring, which was about seven weeks, as a really good opportunity to just cut back a lot. And I, th I mean, I drank on a couple of the nights when I was <laughs> seeing friends. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I kind of just took that opportunity. And how, how was that? Did you enjoy that experience? Yeah. Or were you fucking miserable for the whole thing? No, it was alright actually. I felt, I felt quite healthy and quite good, so that was yeah. nice. Um, 
and I mean I think when I used to get really nervous it helped a lot to just have one drink before but now that that's not really an issue so much it's I can get away with not doing it um, but yeah no, I like to have a little drink before I go on stage it's if cool. I'm really nervous I like a tequila or a whiskey shot whiskey is a good one it's I was really one. ill actually at the end of last year I had like tonsillitis and I was just drinking whiskey on tour which was oh. quite nice I thought it'd be like antiseptic. <laughs> My mum said that. You justify. You justify, <laughs> don't you? I've got a sore throat. I really need. I just, have a whiskey. Just, just, yeah, just, just, just going to clean the vocal cords. Yeah, I don't think it helped. <laughs> I remained <laughs> ill for the whole thing. Could but, you? Um, could you sing having tonsillitis? Yeah, bizarrely. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was really strange. It just, it just hurt, but it was fine. Just oh. power through. It was okay. But no, being drunk um, on stage has only happened to me once. And it was absolutely terrifying. The realization, yeah. sort of, three songs in, <laughs> and I was alone on stage. Where, where were you? Um, you in, oh God, Liverpool. Right. Okay. Supporting Ethan Johns. Oh, you you supported Ethan? Did yeah, you? a couple oh, of years right. ago. And um, so there's, it was, you know, a very lovely crowd, all very quiet and respectful. Um, they're all sitting down, mm. and I kind of rocked up on stage. And I think I might have had about five or six little beer bottles, and. Yeah. Did I you realise it as you were going on stage, or did, did you say did the realisation hit you? Yeah, a couple of songs oh, in. Oh no! And it, it's that thing of um, when your your fingers are moving slower than they're supposed to be, so your brain is giving the signals for you to be playing the guitar, and they're just not going. Yeah. But I kind of I, I slurred my way through it, and I think it was okay. <laughs> I think by the end it, I kind of got the hang of it and got into the rhythm, um, but I kind of vowed after that I wouldn't do it again. Actually. I did do it again at the end of last year as well, but it was a like one a.m. secret set at a festival, so I think it's kind of fair enough that I was absolutely hammered. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like going. This is a real, I'm like a real old man for saying this, but I don't like going on stage that late. Yeah, I'm no, not into it. I, I like to go, I like to go on stage between eight and eleven. But that's good. Yeah, definitely. That's that's nice. I find the Americans they like a late show. Mm. We're on. We're on late tonight. Yeah, you late. Are. We're on at like ten. <laughs> but I mean, I, I find that quite late. I think yeah. because it is. I mean, you are working and you can't really relax until you've done the show. Yeah. So it's it's if you, some, if you have to go on again because I had played a set earlier, but you have to go on again at like one o'clock. You can't. That's late. Really go really jet lag. Because I'm a bit jet lagged. Mm. So this is going to be turning into a real whinge now. <laughs> I'm jet lagged. I got to go on at ten. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just want to go to bed. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, eight, eight or nine o'clock. That's good. Do an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Off stage at eleven. Yeah. It's very civilized. Yeah. And also, if I went to a gig, mm, that's I don't thing. want the band coming on at ten. Yeah, I would hate that. You know, I'm one of the most boring human. I'm English. I've got, got socialising and drinking to do. Yeah. <laughs> going to completely. Also, the away. tube's going to stop soon, and you know, I need to get back. Yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that finish. Yeah, but then you do see people leaving shows, and you can you know what time it is because it's the tubes are all about to shut. Yeah. So God damn it. We're going to get twenty four hour tubes soon, though, aren't we? Yeah, which I don't know. If that's a good thing. Why not? Um, I read a list. I've forgotten all the stuff. One of them that I thought was particularly sweet, there was a reason why it's bad, is that if you fancy someone, it's no longer a legitimate excuse to stay around. And be like, oh, I've missed the last tube at a party. <laughs> Which I thought was, I mean, it's true. A lot of people are going to, you know, yeah, miss out on opportunities there. But I, I don't like that feeling of like, particularly, I'm having a really nice time yeah. here, and I'm, but I'm the, I'm the, I'm the other end of town, yeah. and it's like, you know, two night buses, no fucking way. Yeah. Am I doing that? So it's like, oh, I've got to 
gotta go. And it'll probably put Uber out of business, which is maybe a good thing, who knows, but... Maybe. A lot less taxis being taken. Well, it's taxi being taken. Yeah, no, but you're right. Actually, it, it, you say that when you fancy someone, also, you know, when you're in, sometimes you're in company that you don't want to be in. Yeah, that's the other one. Like, that oh, was another sorry. reason. Last tube. tube. Yeah, there was. It was a really good list of very sort of human reasons, <laughs> like ten very human reasons as to why it's a shame that yeah. the tube will be open all night. But obviously, of course, it's very useful and it's a good thing. But yeah, it's um, going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Um, I think we have to sound check now. Unless you've got anything else you want to say to the people, Marika. Oh, God. Um, I'm not very good at talking to the people. The, the, the seven or eight people that regularly <laughs> listen to this podcast. And my mum. She'll probably be able to. Do you want to say hi? Do, 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 do you want to give a shout out? Do you want to give a shout out <laughs> to anyone? Just hi, hi mum. Maybe dad as well, I don't know. It's probably there. <laughs> well, thank, thank, thank you for t- taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. To, to talk to me. And um, Ending's hard. Yeah. How, how are we going to... I always put some cheesy like violin music on. Some cheesy like like maybe or the some... arches or something. Done.